What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. going on hogline nation welcome back to the hogline podcast i am your host mitchell manis alongside co-hosts as always jack manis and andrew schreffler welcome back folks week three is in the books we are moving right along to week four um great week for me personally in fantasy i went four and oh i needed that i know it's a sore subject for jack let's not talk about it even though i just brought it up um, sorry, Jack. Yep. Uh, week three, not good week for the Steelers. Great week for the Eagles. We will get into that at the top of the show today. Um, I don't know anything else. We mean, we, we're going to be talking about some teams that are potentially, I don't know what the, I don't know what we can call that segment. Like, are they in trouble? Are they, are they in, trouble, in trouble? Maybe worry me. Trouble meter. Trouble, Trouble meter. meter. Trouble I like meter. that. Love it. Because there's this fantasy football podcast that I listen to and they call it the Worryometer. So I don't want to like steal it from them. So that I is like a the Trouble Meter. That's good. That so is, it's, it, you know, yeah. We'll just steal their segment, but not the segment name. Yes. It's the Trouble Meter for us, not the Worryometer. So, mm-hmm. okay. As I said, we'll be rating some teams on the Trouble Meter. Um, and if we have any long-term concerns about the, some particular teams, and of, of course, as always, to end the show, lock of the week. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, did we all go one and one, or did Treff, Treff I think, didn't you go? Did no, you it's go, a source subject. We all, we all went one and one. There was, there was the 49ers a small dispute on the Niners game, but we, we figured it out. It, it, it was, in fact, a loss. Okay. So we all went one and one. No ground was gained or lost. But as we've alluded to in the past few weeks' episodes, we'll be picking an over-under today, as well as our uh, regularly scheduled two locks. So three opportunities to definitely gain some ground in the standing here for all three of us, uh, but we'll get that to that later. As always, to start off the show, Eagles rant of the week. Shref, the floor is yours. The Eagles defeated the Commanders, what was it, 24 to 8? Is that right? I believe 24 to 8. And I was, uh, I'll, I'll start off by saying that I was, I was praying to God that it was going to be 24 2. 24 2 would have been such a yeah. funny score to finish on. Um, is that yeah. a score, Gami? I'm assuming it, I'm assuming it might have been, but I, it, I don't know. That it's, it's happened so many times that it's possible it might not be, but I'm not sure. Um, either way, word of the day today is pressure. Pressure. Ooh. 
Yeah. Explain. Oh, I will. I'm going to get right into it. Um, we'll start with the offensive side of the ball, though. Um, obviously, we'll start with Jalen Hurts. Started off a little slow. First, first like, two drives, I was a little getting a little nervous. Like, eh. Came out a little shaky. Receivers weren't getting open. He wasn't putting balls in the right place. Um, and then that second quarter started, and we saw pretty much exactly the same thing that we saw against Minnesota. Um, finished the game with 340 passing yards, three touchdowns, 22 of 35 passing, not the most accurate, but considering I think he started off one for one for five or one for six. Um, so bounced back pretty well from that, I would say. Um, while he was very good, he was I wouldn't say he was the talk of the offense. That would be um, Mr. Devontae Smith. Jack, going to shout you out um, for when we drafted him and you spent a week trying to find bad plays to show us. And I remember you came back to me few days later saying, I'm not going to lie, this was really hard to do. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's nice to see him uh, finally coming into his own a little bit. Eight catches, 169 yards. That includes just some uh, absurd catches pretty much on all on that one drive. You have that deep ball down at the one and then the little fade in the end zone two plays later, whatever it was. Um, he was incredible. Seems like he's uh, exactly what we were hoping he was going to be. Um, along with him, obviously AJ Brown still had a solid day, 85 yards and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard chipped in that little uh, that little screen play um, with the scamper, pretty good. Um, running game was not as prominent, but um, I would say a big part of that was more just the flow of the game. Um, once the Eagles got into rhythm, they were they were throwing the ball with ease on them, so they just kind of kept that going. Um, so not mad about that. But defensive side of the ball, um, Carson Wentz came back to Philly. Uh, no, sorry, not back to Philly. Stayed in Washington, but might as well have been in Philly with all the Eagles fans there. Um, mm-hmm. I said it. I don't know if I said it on here or not, but I remember saying it to a bunch of my friends. Watching Carson Wentz for as many years as I have, you, you know the way the way to disarm him is to get after him early and often, get pressure in his face and make him make throws. And he proved pretty quickly that he was not going to be able to do that. And it was kind of similar to the Vikings game for me where – they started getting after him and I was like, all right, like they're going to come out like second half and kind of figure it out and do something different. And they didn't, they just kept their, they, they just kept doing the same thing. And the Eagles kept getting after him nine sacks on the day, including two and a half from Brandon Graham, who uh, seemingly doesn't age. I don't know. He just keeps doing the same thing every year. So that, that's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, so I think overall, it seems like the defensive identity of this team based on the last two weeks is going to be getting after the quarterback. Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz have now both struggled tremendously, uh, pretty much solely because of the pass rush getting after him. Obviously, Darius Slay with all those picks last week, but those don't happen if they're not getting hands in Kirk's face and making him throw balls that he's not comfortable throwing. Um, So, yeah, there's that. Uh, Overall, wire-to-wire victory, uh, I'd say, especially with how weird the NFC's been so far, it seems... uh, it seems like a, a good take to say that the Eagles are legit contenders in the NFC. Um, but I will say the last thing they need to prove to me before I am going to be fully on board is seeing how they play if they win, they're playing from behind. I've not gotten to see that yet. So maybe this Jacksonville game will uh, will be a test of that. Um, but, I mean, we're three weeks in and I still have nothing to complain about. So we might have to start changing the name of this segment because I wouldn't call this a rant. True. Yeah, very different place from definitely when we originated this segment for sure. Yeah. Because uh, this came out like, of a bad place in, in in time for the Eagles, it, but it is it's morphed. It really did. Um, 
thank you for the Eagles defense. I uh, they got me 18 fantasy points, so they were a yeah. great play this week. Um, you know, in the beginning of the season when I drafted the Eagles defense, I was looking at particularly week three and week four, Washington and Jacksonville. That Jacksonville play is not looking quite as juicy as it once was. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, it's only been three weeks. Um, so I'm not ready to say like, you know, Jacksonville is an automatic, uh, stay away if you're streaming a DST in fantasy, but like I said, uh, they've definitely impressed. So it's not quite, you know, the chalk it up to at least 12 fantasy points or whatever, but nonetheless, um, I guess that closed out Eagles round of the week, but we're going to kind of tie it into an Eagles Jags week four preview. Um, Because Jack is a quick word. He was with some of his uh, co-hosts from another podcast that he does, and they are huge Jaguars fans. He's a traitor. No, he's not. He's just expanding the brand. Um, Jack, tell us about that experience, what the atmosphere was like. The Jaguars obviously have a huge win over the Chargers, who many people had very high expectations, yourself included. Um Obviously, a little bit of a different story with Justin Herbert being not 100% and other injuries on the field as well. No Keenan Allen. Um, but I don't know if that would have really mattered. I mean, they won, what was it, 38-10, to 10, right, was the yeah. final? Yeah. So they really handled them. Like, you know, that's a four-score game right there. So what was it like? Um, tell us about it, and then we can kind of transition to, you know, previewing Sunday's matchup in Philadelphia. Yeah. Duval was lit. <laughs> Um, game was very fun. Uh, <laughs> the first half, Jags fans, I was uh surrounded by. They were still it, the first half score was sixteen to seven, I believe. Um, they weren't. They were still very nervous. Jaguars didn't capitalize on uh some red zone opportunities that they got from turnovers, a pick. And that was brought back to the Chargers' five-yard line and also a fumble. They didn't capitalize in the first half as much as they could have, but still came in with 16 points. Uh, second half, they just blew the doors off them. Um, I thought Trevor Lawrence, he played very decisive and had a lot of quick, sharp throws. Um, he looks very good. At this point... Like you could definitely see him gaining more confidence. He's breaking from the chains of Urban Meyer last year, and Doug Pearson is truly bringing out the best in him. Um, you want to hear what his pace is for this season? For three games, sure. of course. Four thousand three hundred seventy-five passing yards, thirty-four passing touchdowns, only five interceptions, and if you're into quarterback rating, seventy-two and passer rating, one hundred three is well above average league average for both. Not too shabby. Um, he looks good. The receivers he's thrown to, to me on paper, preseason, they looked underwhelming, but they've been producing. Well. Christian Kirk's produced all three games. He's on pace for 102 receptions, 1,500 yards, and 17 touchdowns. He's a, he's a legit one, which I didn't expect. Yeah, in terms of production, he is producing like a one, certainly. Um, James Robinson... It's very, very nice to see him do well. This is a tweet I had from Rich Eisen. Um, James Robinson runs one in from 50 yards out in the same building where 
Last year, he got benched by a coach who then needed prodding from the rookie quarterback to end the benching that Urban later denied ordering. <laughs> Jeez. Um, it, it, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Like, looking at it now, too, how bad he was. <laughs> right. Um, like so yeah, that, that, that touchdown from Robinson, it was a, I believe it was a fourth and one or fourth and two. Fourth and and he one, ran yeah. 50 yards. Four, he, ran, he was not even touched. The whole time, right. yeah, just ran right in. He's on pace for thirteen hundred rushing yards and seventeen rushing touchdowns. Trivia question, because we love trivia. There's been two duos in Jaguars history to rush for a thousand yards and receive a thousand yards in the same season. You guys want to take a stab at who they are? I can give you the years if you want. I'll give you the years. Mm-hmm. One was in 2019, and the other duo did it in 0402 and 2000. Oh, it's a duo. Um, a duo, yes. One of those is going to be one of those is going to be Joan. This is for the Jags. Yeah. One is Jones, Drew, and uh, Taylor, right? No. No, not Taylor. No, wait, hold on, Jack. Can you give the years again, if you may? This is a, a running back and a wide receiver that rushed for a thousand. I got. I, for a thousand. I think I know the answer. I, I, just, I, just want to have, I want to have the years again, please. One duo did it in 2019. The other duo did okay. it in 04, 02, and 2000. 2019 would be Robinson and... It's not Robinson. Robinson was off the team by then. Oh, I think it was... Uh, would it be... Is it Carlos Hyde? No. It's, it, would it be Fournette and Alan Hearns? Oh, Fournette, yeah. Was no. he, was, I was going to say 2019 feels too late Fournette for Fournette and DJ Chark. Chark. Okay, Fournette, DJ Chark, and then the uh, the early ones were Fred Taylor and Jimmy Smith. Yeah, mm. Dude, Jimmy. Smith, I was I dug deep on this stat, and Jimmy Smith is a he pro, he very, produced very very underrated. Yeah, yeah. No one talks like, about him. Right, like a thousand yards for like ten street seasons. Like he's like Mike Evans of the early two thousands, late nineties. Um, yeah, he just had no, he just had low touchdown numbers because right, you know, yeah. Yeah, that was a good question. But yeah, Jags look great. Especially that last drive. I don't remember how much time they took off the clock, but it just seemed like they just, you know, churned out six, seven, ten yard runs by James Robinson. And I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, capped off by a Marvin Jones touchdown. That really just, not that the the nail was already in the coffin, but it just pounded even further in the coffin. Um, I do. um, I want to shout out. My my ultimate draft crush as well. He's already flying up boards on uh, defensive rookie of the year, uh, Devin Lloyd. Um, yeah, I did want to. Thanks for bringing him up because I did want to shout him out. He leads the NFL in passes defended. He had three defended passes on Sunday with an interception. Um, the Jaguars as a team lead the NFL in passes defended at twenty six by large large margin to second team as the Steelers. Fun fact, but. Events looks very good. Also, Josh Allen, too. I wanted to mention him. Um, he was, per next-gen stats, he's second in the league in quarterback pressures. He's in between Miles Garrett and Von Miller, so that's great company to be in between. Yeah, they, uh, they look really good. Um, I guess we Mitchell. can do uh, Eagles and Jags. Yeah, sorry. you What? Whenever you, I think it's whenever you go in and out of the app, you cut out. I didn't go in and out of the app that time. 
Oh, okay. Anyway. Can you continue. hear me now? I hear you. Jeff, you hear him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I think, if I'm not mistaken, are the Eagles six, six and a half points? Anyone know? They are. They are six and a okay. half point favorites. All right. Um, that's good to know. Shref, how do you... I mean, unless it's... Actually, I don't know. Let's not talk about the lines yet, because I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, I was going to say. Anyone's... I feel like we should we should stay away from yeah. those. Um, I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, I think definitely. I mean, going into that Vikings game, I think everyone thought that was going to end up being like a really good matchup. But I mean, this has turned out to be what seems like is going to be the best matchup. Um, and I think part of it with that Vikings matchup was uh, we forgot to account for Kirk Cousins having a Kirk Cousins type of game, which he did. Um, seems like Trevor Lawrence isn't going to really be having those days. We'll see if that's the case or not. Um, but definitely the best test they're going to have. Uh, I don't know if this is biased or not. I, I do still think the Eagles come out winning this game. Home game, still I mean, still an inexperienced quarterback, as, as good as he's been so far. Um, I'm hoping that they get the same pressure on him that they've been getting on other quarterbacks so far. Um I think they win, but I think the Jags keep this close the whole way through. I'm hoping for a good game because I, I, I want to see how this Eagles team looks when it's the fourth quarter and maybe they're down. Like I, I, I want to see what that looks like. Because even in that Lions game, like they were, it ended up close, but the, like the, those last scores were kind of like felt kind of last minute. So I want to see them like going into the fourth in a tight game and see what they can do. So I think it's, I, I'm very excited for this. As you should be. Uh, Doug Peterson coming back. Obviously, it's a huge storyline. And, you know, there was a debate in our group chat today. uh, Will he be cheered or booed? But I would hope he get cheered. I mean, I I hope, which I don't want to assume because not many Eagles fans are rational, present company excluded, um, because you are rational, Shref. But I try to be. I would hope that they would use half half a brain to realize that the fallout wasn't really, if any, very little to blame Doug Peterson. Yeah. Uh, sure. Jack, looks like you want to say something. Uh, I didn't, but I certainly can. Uh, okay, go ahead. Talk more about the Jags. Uh, yeah, I I think for Jags fans, this is... Very good reason to be optimistic. I mean, the Jags aren't good often, um, but I'll—I I'll, know Jags fans would hate to hear this, but to put a reality check in place here, and I know Jags fans definitely don't want to hear this, but injuries certainly played a part in Sunday's game against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Herbert was injured, and it definitely showed. Keenan Allen didn't play in this game. J.C. Jackson didn't play in this game. Joey Bosa exited right away with a groin injury. Kenneth Murray left the game. Rashawn Slater left the game. He's out for the season with torn bicep. Um, Huge loss. Oh, yeah. Those aren't... I know I just... I named, what, like five, six names? Which, yeah, you can say every team's got to play injured, but these are significant injuries. Uh, I did the math on how much of their payroll those injuries were, and they were without essentially 41% of their payroll. Um, that's a very and, and if Herbert numbers. wasn't on a rookie deal, it'd be much larger. Right, exactly. Yeah. So 
basically like half of their team's value was out. So I guess this is pretty subjective what I'm about to say, but with those injuries, I'd say on paper, uh the the two teams were equal talent wise, roughly. And Vegas agrees with me because the line at kickoff, I think, was three and a half. And theoretically, uh, if the teams are even and they'd award the home team three extra points. So it's like relatively evenly matched. Uh, however, they won by four touchdowns. So I think that's a, a true testament to how how well Doug Peterson game planned and his coaching his coaching performance he certainly outcoached brandon staley uh he capitalized on what the chargers weaknesses are were on sunday and staley didn't didn't respond so hats off to doug peterson that's very encouraging for the jaguars awesome all right yeah so should be a good game I mean that w- it would be awesome to see this in prime time, but there are some good prime time games this week. We have the Dolphins and Bengals, uh, we have the Chiefs, Bucks, and we have uh, Rams, Niners. So it's like it's definitely not <laughs> like on Monday night and Sunday night where there are big duds. Oh, those um, games. Yeah, it's pretty pretty ugly. So uh, hopefully it's not the case this time. Although I I was watching. Um, the Bucks Packers game, and I I said multiple times. I mean, maybe it's just because the injuries to the wide receivers, but that Bucks team is just—they're so boring. They're not well, fun to watch, especially on we're offense. We're gonna get into them. Yeah. So yeah, they're just not a. Uh... I have some thoughts on them as well. Don't you worry. Okay. Yeah, they're part of our trouble meter uh, segment, so we will get to them momentarily. Uh, before we do so, we have to t- uh, have a quick word on the Steelers. Not a great Thursday night performance out of the boys. Um, and this has nothing to do with like the actual performance of the team and whatnot, which we'll get to in a second. But I saw that Chase Claypool's over-under was 40... No, it was 36 and a half, I think. 34 and a half. And it got ruined by the uh, that last play. Like The pitch play it didn't matter, right? Yeah, he had 40 yards or something, and then he got credit with a negative six yards, and it lost by it. Yeah, that that's brutal. I saw someone had that. That's that sucks. Um, what else was I gonna say? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you can start, Jack. I mean, we're going to the game on Sunday. It's gonna be fun. Obviously, don't want to overlook the Jets because they did beat the Browns, and we just lost to the Browns, and. Certainly don't want to overlook any opponent in the NFL. However, this does seem like a winnable game, especially considering our stretch of games following this game where we have the Bills, Bucks, Dolphins, and Eagles. That looks like pretty much the hardest stretch you can get in the NFL right now. Um, what do you think about this up in, upcoming Sunday? And considering our slate of games, do you think you know we'll be more adverse to starting Kenny in those games because it's tougher opponents? What do you... What are your thoughts on everything I just said there? That's a very good question. Um, this Sunday, presumably, we'll be facing Zach Wilson in his uh, return. I, I I haven't checked lately. I thought I'm pretty sure he's expected to play this week. At least that was the report Sunday night. Um, I mean, they just don't look great. 
and anyone who watched that game on Thursday knows that. Uh, the, the Steelers without TJ Watt since he entered the league uh, are like 0-6 or 0-7. It truly shows how much of a uh, a difference maker he is on the defense. Uh, I mean, although we uh, we have the league leader in sacks in Alex Highsmith, I think still at four and a half. Yes. Yep. Um, I mean, he's been producing, sure, but I mean, if TJ's there, like, if TJ was, if TJ was healthy, like, we definitely beat the Patriots, no doubt in my mind. Uh, because like I specifically thought like during, there's like certain plays, I was like, man, if TJ's in right now, he's getting a sack. Like he'd get after the quarterback. Not maybe not a sack, just like make a pre- like a a clutch pressure on third down and get the defense off the field. Um, that's the defensive side. I guess leave it at that. Also, Minka's in concussion protocol. He he may not play this week, which could be huge. Offensively, I said it last week. It's still the same. Our offensive, our play calling just isn't good. <laughs> uh, I mean, all of Pittsburgh fans want Matt Canada out. And uh, I saw something today that uh, he hasn't given... Like, Mitch doesn't have the authority to audible if he wants to. So, that really shows a lack of trust in a quarterback. I know maybe you don't want to trust a quarterback who's not super talented or... Ex- I mean, I even say Mitch is experienced enough. It's, what, his sixth year in the league? Um, I think any quarterback you have, you need to allow him, if he's capable, if he feels he's capable, to audible at the line. So... I mean, if we do stick Kenny in there and Kenny doesn't have uh, audible privileges, then I think that's a very bad thing. And I don't even think, like, a rookie in himself, like, may not, like, want to audible that much. Like, he may just want to trust the game's game plan going in. Um, I'm really kind of ranting here. I... For that reason, I'd be a little nervous about Kenny in. I don't want him to just be thrown in there. Uh, and just stuck with a a poor a poor game plan. Uh, however, Kenny can improvise well. I've I've seen it. We've seen it, Treff and Mitchell. Um, if we do put him in, that could provide a spark that we need. But I mean, the the real problem is the play calling. It's not even. I mean, Mitch hasn't been great, but uh, he's been mediocre to below mediocre. It's uh, it's Matt Canada is is still the issue. And I'm sure you agree, Mitchell. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll get this scenario, but it would be interesting and I think beneficial to see and judge Mitch on a without him there. I don't yep. think it'll line up that way, but it yep. would be I think that would be more fair to him. Um, however, it's not always fair in the NFL, so or in life. So uh we'll see. And just I just I'm curious on your take on what I said about the slate of games, Jack. Does that make you, like I said, more? You know, like like where what would you do? Because I mean, these are tough, tough teams we'd have to be going against, and it's not really um, like at this point. Do you wait till after the bye week? Is that too late? And the season might be already like too far gone at that point. Like, how do you how do you address this situation? I don't know. I mean, if are you asking me what I would do, or my prediction because. I guess both. 
I mean, this is just way too, way too biased of me, but I, I really trust Kenny under pressure. He's handled pressure so well. Um, that I, I, I don't think any moment's too big for him, and any defense will, uh, will destroy his confidence. So, in that, for that reason, I really wouldn't be too worried about going up against those tough opponents or throwing Kenny in there for his start. Now, what I think Tom will do, I have no idea. Like, he's so unpredictable. He's never been in a situation like this before, excluding 2019, but that's different. He's never had a rookie quarterback, a first-round rookie quarterback that he, you know, needs to be tactical in his development, if you will. Um, so, yeah. I get if you want me to make a prediction, I I guess I could see Tomlin being patient, um, and just waiting till like after the bye week. But then again, I don't I don't really know. Jeff, hmm. do you have any thoughts on that? Um, Can you I hear him, Jeff? No, Jeff, yeah, I don't hear you. Nope. All right, Trust got some technical difficulties. Um, if he does have a strong opinion, we will hear it in a second. Uh, but if he does not, we can just move on. And it, feel, Shref, once you get back in there, feel free to interject about uh, the Steelers quarterback situation. I don't know if you want to leave and come back in, if that will help, but um, we'll see. Cannot hear you now, by the way. Um, all right, so... Well, we give your thoughts. You didn't. You didn't comment on it yet. Oh well, I sent you my. Um, I think we could see him after the Bills game. You know, maybe week six. It's a home game. I know it's against the Bucks. They have a really good defense. Um, but I just think the Bills. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Bills are banged up on the defensive end, and right. we're definitely going to get to them in a second on the worryo meter. Nope, not worryo meter. The trouble meter. Oh. No. Don't want to copyright infringement on fantasy football today. Um, but yeah, it's really tough. I just, I don't, you know, you'd probably rather start him at home. I, I don't know. I mean, this week would be perfect. I know it, it may say it's too early because, you know, maybe Mitch isn't given a fair sample size, but it's like a mini bye week. It's at home. It's a, a not as formidable opponent as these other teams coming up. So, um, I don't know. I did, I didn't really give a solid prediction there, but I'm gonna say weeks. I'm gonna say I I I think I agree with you. I think Saints week nine could be it, or week ten. I guess it would be game number nine. Um, and the Saints will regret passing on them. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, so I don't know. Sure, I think you're back. I think we hear you. You hear? Yeah. There we go. Oh, perfect. Uh, well, I was going to say, I, I don't really have any strong feelings. Uh, Matt Canada isn't very good. Um, I think they should be patient with Kenny. Um, as much as I want to see him play, I don't really want to see him play under the current conditions that they're operating with um, and considering the opponents for the next few weeks. Um, so I think you guys were just saying, what, like week nine, week 10 type of, type of time. I think I like that. Um yeah, I don't know. As long as Canada's still there, I, I don't know if I see this situation improving much. Um, so hopefully the Steelers front office is listening to 
every single person um, because it seems like they might be the only ones who don't realize that he's not uh, the solution. But um, I want to see Kenny. I want to see Kenny so bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will see. It'll be interesting. We will see it in person. Um, Jack and I will against the Jets this Sunday. It's going to be a ugly potentially low scoring game against two offenses that aren't doing very well right now. Uh, is it time for the trouble meter? I believe so. Yes. All right. First team on the trouble meter. We have the Buffalo bills. Let's all go around and say on a scale. For, we're going to say one through 10, one being not worried whatsoever. 10 being major panic button. We're going to go around the horn here, uh, the 1 through 10, and then we can just each say our reasoning after, afterwards. So, Jack, on a scale from 1 to 10, how worried, how are in trouble are the Bills? Three. Three, okay. Shreff. One. I have one as well. I would have won oh. zero. Okay. I, would have, I, I, I actually had zero written down until you said that we're going from 1 to 10. Uh, we'll let Jack go first because he is the uh, outlier opinion. I assume it's and just I'm really because I'm not of... worried at all about them. Well, then why'd you say three? I okay. I'll give you some reasons of concern. Ton of injuries, okay. and they. Uh, I wish I had a tweet that we were sent Mitchell about the in, crazy amount of injuries they uh, had on Sunday. But we'll highlight their secondary in particular. Uh, oh, oh, oh. which one is out? Micah Hyde's out for the year, right? Yes, mm-hmm. I get him. I, I mean, they're. I feel like they're so easy to to mix up. Uh, Micah Hyde is out for the year. Um, that is reason to be concerned. And Jordan Poyer is out for this for this contest. Gary White was out. Out. Dane Jackson, who suffered the scary injury in prime time, uh, is also out. Was also out. So their secondary is completely depleted. Um, and that's probably why you guys aren't worried at all. But, I mean, these uh, one of those four guys is out for the season. And the other two are banged up. And they have injuries all over the place. So there is some reason to be concerned. Yeah, they also, um, didn't, they also didn't have Jordan Phillips and Ed Oliver on the defensive line. And they didn't have Mitch Morris, mm-hmm. their center, as well. Yeah, and uh, Ryan Bates left the game early as well. Um, a ton of injuries, no doubt. And, I mean, you have to assume they'll get healthy. Even if they... That's a reason to not be concerned. Even if they don't get healthy, like, they're still a top three team in the NFL. Like, so... And they lost to a, a Dolphins team that's on fire. So I guess I get why you guys said one. Um, I mean, me saying three, I really wasn't even trying to say I'm worried at all about them, but I just bring up those thing reasons I just said. So Shref, why are you at a one? Uh yeah, they uh the result, the game against the Dolphins was I mean, I guess a little surprising, but I think for me, one of the main reasons they're a one is because I think oh I mean, obviously the fact that they're on this list is because of this loss. Um I think it's more I think it's more of a testament to this Dolphins team than it is to this Bills team with the loss there. Um, injuries definitely not helping at the moment. Um, 
But I mean, either way, uh, like you said, hides out for the year, but the rest of these we're assuming are going to be coming back at some point during the year. Bills proved, I think, a lot in the first two weeks about the type of team that this is and how well-rounded they are on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously, you need these guys to get healthy, but assuming that they can get a good chunk of this team back within the next whatever couple weeks or however long it takes, um, you know, the, this one bad game against Miami, I don't think discounts what they what they did the first two weeks. And I think the norm for them is going to be more in line with those first two weeks than it will be this past week. So uh, especially in comparison to the other three teams that we're going to talk about, there's there's no concern with the Bills. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, they, I, in my preseason prediction, I actually had them losing this game. Uh, it's a short, short week from week two to week three, on the road, divisional opponent, and it just, it just, it has a game that they would probably lose written all over it. In my opinion, the narratives were in line for that, and you know they have a who I think will still win the MVP. I know if it was given right now, which clearly it's not after three weeks, but you know, it's Lamar and Jalen Hurts would probably have a slight edge. I still think it'll be Josh Allen when it's all said and done. Um, so if you have the MVP playing for you, then I think you're in good shape. And I, I don't think their Super Bowl expectations should be derailed at, at whatsoever because of this game. Because they easily could have won it too. They were right in it the whole time. Um, next team we have here is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How worried, how in trouble are the Bucs? You're going around again, same order? Yes. Four. Six. I have three. Ooh. Uh, most what's worried, that most, most in f- trouble, go first. Yeah, sure. If you can go first. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bucks lost a close game, very close game to the Packers on Sunday to the point where they were legit one play away from forcing overtime. Um, but for me, as close as it was, uh, this game just kind of reinforced what I've been kind of thinking since week one, which is this side. Uh, I understand Mike Evans suspension, Godwin not healthy, just weapons in general, just kind of depleted. Um but I, I, this offense just isn't is a shell of of what it was, and especially, I mean, if we want to talk about quarterbacks who have made the most out of nothing, they they have the uh, the best at that at QB, and so far it hasn't made a difference. Um, few stats, obviously small sample size, but uh, 2021 season, first three weeks for the Bucks, 30 offensive points per game. They were 41.7% uh, on third downs and they were 71.4% on red zone efficiency. First three weeks of this season so far, 14.6 offensive point per, points per game, 28.6% on third downs, and 40% red zone efficiency. So, I mean, if we're talking the key stats for this offense, I weapons or not, it's concerning. And I think about, I mean, that Dallas game still had Evans. I believe Godwin played in that Dallas game, did he not? He got hurt early got hurt early on but either way like even from the start like obviously then uh honestly the reason why they're a six i would go higher but this defense is is so good yeah the defense is still a top unit in the league and i don't want to take away from that so 
Um, when I have him at a six out of ten, I'm not saying that it's to the point where I'm like, oh, they're going to miss the playoffs. But I think if you're looking at teams that they could end up going up against and assuming that they come in a little hot, like I think of uh, some of the better offenses, like if you think of like a Philly or assuming Green Bay kind of gets it turned around, I'm assuming the Rams will kind of heat back up as this keeps going. I don't I don't see how this offense at the moment is going to be able to compete with these teams. They just, they, they don't score points and I, I don't want to be the one to doubt Brady. I really don't want to do it, but I'm, um, I'm a little concerned. This is the first time where he's looked human in, in, in a while, um, maybe ever. So yeah, uh, not concerned in terms of missing the playoffs, but concerned from a standpoint of how the offense looks. Fair enough. Jack, would you say four? Four. Yeah. I'm not worried. And the main point, I wanted to highlight Shreff did the defense so good. First in the leagues in in terms of points allowed, only nine points allowed per game through three games, which is very, very impressive. Um, I think, you know, Brady and the offense will find its groove. I didn't put much stock into Brady not being present for the later por- portion of the offseason, but maybe we should have. Uh, he'll start clicking with the... Uh, I guess newer guys that he's throwing to um, comes to mind is like Russell Gage, uh, Julio. If he gets on the field, I mean this is expected at least by me, and I hope by many that he's not going to be available for every game. Um, when he does play, he'll be good though, and he, we saw that in Week One. Probably back eventually. Uh, Evans will be back, and I mean he was just obviously out for one game, and it's not an injury-related thing at all. Once Evans comes back, this offense is going to flow more. Um, like we saw, the Bucks put up nearly 20 points, which, I mean, that's putting up 20 points is like, eh. Against the Cowboys defense, that looks pretty solid so far in three weeks. They did it in week one, so. Yeah, I'm not too worried. And also, the division's not good, so like, I, I'm... Yeah, I'm, yeah th- that's why I'm not worried about playoffs, because the division right. stinks, but... Like, I bank in them still being a top three seed, so... Um, yeah, that's why I'm at, I'm at a four comfortably. Yeah, I have a three. Um, you know, clearly you guys highlighted the offensive struggles. They have three touchdowns on offense through three weeks. Um, Couldn't be us. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are we, um, we at four? Do we have four? I don't know. I mean, do we? <laughs> Najee's got... Two or three himself. Fryermuth got one, and Mitch ran one in. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we're good. At least four. At we'll least four. four. At least four. Um, but yeah, the, the receivers are coming back. They're they're going to click. And just I have a few more stats on the defense as well. Jack mentioned they are first in the league at only allowing nine points per game. They're always elite against the run. They're fifth in rushing yards allowed, twelfth in pass yards allowed, third in sacks, and sixth in a opponents third down percentage so across many metrics they are an elite unit still that's going to carry them through these offensive that they're experiencing um and it's still a tough take and they got the chiefs coming up they have i mean i know they have us in three weeks i think they play another tough team too along the way um but this week is certainly no easy task at all. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, the Packers defense is 
decent. The Saints defense is decent. And the Cowboys defense is playing really well. So three tough-ish defenses. Two of those games, they never really they never looked good against New Orleans anyway, even when they were like the powerhouse of the league. So again, not too worried. I had the Bucks winning the Super Bowl. Um, I'm not ready to backtrack on that yet. I mean, I was, does, it doesn't look great right now, but I'm not ready to say that that was a complete bust by any means. So, you know, and the NFC is wide open. We always say that. I know the Eagles look like the clear favor now, but there's no one else really that's taking it by storm. So anything can happen. Next team we have to talk about is the San Francisco 49ers. They lose 11-10 to 10 on Sunday Night Football. A terrible game. I actually fell asleep during this game. I didn't even see the end of it. That's how much it bored me. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, how, how worried are we about them? Four. 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 Wow. Okay, well... Seems like we're all slightly worried, but not overly concerned. Uh, I think I'm going to go first here just because I haven't gone first yet. Uh, I mean, not much exactly to say. The NFC, I mean, echoing a similar sentiment, what I just said with the Bucks, the NFC is pretty weak still, um, and they can certainly find their way in it. The defense, similar to the Bucks, is still really good. Um, they played fantastic. A f- very good front seven, especially. And also, the Broncos at home, do you guys know that the record all-time at home in September? All-time. Can you give me a total number of games? Broncos all-time in September. The amount of games that they've played is 116. They've won... 72 of them. Treff? Since since you're pulling up the stat, I think it's going to be higher. I'm going to go like 80. 83, 31, and 2 in September at home. Wow. So, again, very tough place to play historically early on in the season. You can credit that to the altitude. Um, teams aren't adjusted to it yet. So, it's just like a known thing. And, I don't know. They It was a weird game. You know, he pulled Jimmy Garoppolo pulled a, pulled a Dan Orlovsky in the back of the end zone. A lot of wacky stuff happened. Uh, so I don't know. Not really too worried. It's still a very talented team. It was Kittle's first game back, so he'll get acclimated more. And he's just a game changer. So again, slightly worried because you know you never want to fall to one and two and have your offense look like that for you know, at least two out of three games. So that first game, they looked bad and this game, they looked bad, but it's still early on. And, you know, in all things considered, it's not the end of the world so far. Don't hit the panic button yet. Anyway, go ahead. I agree with you. Uh, what you said about Kittle, I completely agree with that. They're still getting acclimated to him. And I think they're still getting acclimated to Jimmy G again. I'm sure Trey Lance was a big part. Like they're very different styles of quarterbacks, and Trey Lance was a big part of their their plans this this season offensively. So it's I not surprised that we could see a possible adjustment period going back to Jimmy G. And I mean he's not great, but we all know the stat uh, or just the thing about him is that he wins. Like he 
in terms of quarterback wins, he's he's up there, or I guess win percentage. And uh, yeah, I think they'll be just fine. The defense is still fantastic. I want to shout out uh, a player in their defense, Ufanga. Talanoa Ufanga. Well, very Palomalu-esque, from, also from USC. Got the hair. I'm pretty sure he, he trained with Palomalu this offseason. Um, leads all safeties in TFLs. And he's looking very good so far. Yeah, I think he had a pick in the first game against Justin Fields. I could be wrong. Pretty but sure. Very right. good player. Defense is very good. Not worried about the Niners. I would still bet on them to make the playoffs. Yep. Uh, I had a I had a three leg parlay, and the last leg of it was Niners money line. Um, so oh. the last ten minutes of that game were uh, infuriating to say the least. Um. I and you thought you won lock of the week with them too. Yeah, it was a like the the last like the the like those like that like thirty minute spam was like a blur. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm not worried. Um, I will say I don't think Jimmy G is very good. I, I feel like I've been pretty steadfast in that take for a while. Um, however, I do think if there was ever an offense for him to thrive in, it's the one that he's currently in. Um, I think also, I mean, he he came in what like early like mid first quarter in that Seattle game. Yep. And I mean, th- their offense looked great against Seattle. So like, I, I, I really do think it was just one of those one-off games where they just couldn't, Broncos gave them every chance to pull away in that game and they just couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely an off week, but I mean, similar to what I said about the Bucks with the defense, how they're going to, I mean, as bad as I think the Bucks offenses look, the defense is obviously going to propel them. Um, Niners defense looks like it'll probably do the same thing. So just need Jimmy to kind of get uh, his bearings back to him. I think, you know, kind of being thrown back into the starter position uh, so abruptly probably doesn't help. So, you know, probably going to need a week or two to kind of settle back in. But, I mean, especially in this NFC, which, as we've said, is wide open, I think there's there, there's no reason to be overly concerned. Exactly. Completely agree. Last team here on the trouble meter, we have the Las Vegas Raiders, who are winless, one of two teams that are winless. And the only team that has lost every game they played. Uh, because the Texans are the only other winless team. They're 0-2-1. Oh, okay. Gritty. How worried are we about the Las Vegas Raiders? Eight. Eight. Jeez, I have eight too, guys. Wow. Look at us. Um, Jack, go ahead. I believe I heard that teams they the Raiders lost to outside of their Raiders game are are in six. So they're not even losing to good teams in terms of record. That's a red flag. That's 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 a reason to be concerned. Um I mean yeah, they're Owen three. I'll I'll try to argue to not be concerned. The division doesn't look as daunting as we thought it would be. Um, Chiefs still look great. They looked human on Sunday. Surprising loss to Indianapolis, but um, the Chiefs are still great. Chargers are very banged up, which I talked about. And Denver doesn't... Denver's offense, at least, doesn't look great by any means. So that's a reason to be optimistic, but it's an 0-3 start with a new head coach. And... I heard about like some meetings he got called into, like 
by uh what's his name al davis or mark davis whichever one's there i don't remember uh the ugly dude with the hair yeah he's got the hair he uh it just doesn't seem like a great situation right now but i mean Derek Carr seems like a very controversial player um in terms of talents but he kept that team together last year through all the uh, the mess that went on. So any mess that's going on right now, it's I believe is not a problem for Derek Carr, and they still have talent um, on both sides of the ball. So yeah, I mean, zero and three is a tough look. That's why we're all at eight concern level, but. There is signs of hope. I mean, I think this win, this game against Denver this week is a must win. They're at home, which helps. Um, we'll see. What do you, what do you guys think? Shreff, you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I think pretty obviously the most disappointing team in the league so far. Um, and yeah, the the offense. I think everyone thought was going to be you know, one of the top in the league, you add Devontae Adams to an already pretty good core with Renfro, Josh Jacobs, and Waller. Um, Adams has three touchdowns so far, but, I mean, it hasn't really translated everything. And I didn't back up any stats on this, but in terms of just, like, kind of watching stuff, the red zone offense has been uh, has, has, has been not great. Um, kind of actually pretty similar to Denver, where they, they get in that range and they just haven't been able to figure it out. Um, it's just, it, it's it it's confusing to say the least, and I, I mean, and you have a roster like this, and you're staring down zero and three. You obviously have to look to the head coach. Um, it is funny just because, like, I mean, I'm sure you guys remember, like, when when McDaniel's was coaching the Pats, it was kind of like the Eric uh, Bieniemy treatment, where like every off season, people were like, "How has this guy not been hired yet?" Um, and it's finally happened, and so far, uh, so far, not so good. Um, but. Obviously, as Jack said, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fully hit the eject button on him yet because they still do have a good roster. But I feel like every year there's always that one team that starts out slow and then they release the stats of your chances of playoffs as you lose more games. In three, they have a 12% chance at the playoffs at the moment. Um, so early on, three games in, a lot of time left. But I, I agree. I think Denver's a must-win game. I think. I think this next stretch of like three games, they 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 don't win at least two of these next three. I think you're, we're we're going to have some issues. Shref, are you sure that twelve percent number is with zero and three, or is that not zero and two? Mm, let me look. Because I have written down here, only six teams who have started zero and three have made the playoffs since nineteen seventy nine. I feel like that's less than twelve percent. Yeah, you're probably right. Let's see. I believe I looked it up yesterday that only one 0-4 team has made the playoffs ever. The first, right. the first one I have is Raiders' playoff chances dropped to 12% after week three loss. Hmm. I, I don't know if that, I don't know if maybe that has to do with like the other records in the, in, in the AFC or something like that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that might be it because I am pretty sure there's only been six teams in the past. It's uh, like if you, because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it like there's there's no undefeated teams in the West, right? Chiefs are two and right. one. There's only there's one only two. two in the whole league, so yeah. So like I mean that 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 could be playing a part where like three games and you're not out of it yet. But I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Think think about like they're only two games out of first place in their division. Yeah, like if we're three. So that, I, three that's probably game. part of it. But I mean, the point still stands that the more I mean, 
it's tough to come back from a from a start like this. So they gotta they gotta turn it around. Right. Right. I mean, I'm, uh, other than that, as well, what I so you're breaking up hard. Big time. Jeff, you hear him? Yeah. I think I had a large part of that. Let's just let him go. Mitchell. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, <laughs> you got to start over there. Go. Okay. But you can hear me now, correct? Kind of. You're, you're, you're getting back. Shaky. You're- Okay. How about? Oh, that's all right. Bad. We're good. Okay. Cool. Craig's got to pick up the slack here. Um, McDaniel's. I was a low guy on the Raiders out of us three in the beginning of the season. I don't think McDaniel's is competent enough to pull this team out of this hole. Um, you know, we mentioned how the AFC West isn't looking quite as strong as it was we anticipated, and many others did. Uh, it's still rosters with a lot of talent on the teams and they have five AFC West games plus they have to play the 49ers and the Rams still um it's not the easiest of schedules by any means that's naturally going to happen when you're in the AFC West so it's uh it's going to be a tall task and like Jack said and Shref echoed as well the reason why they're not at 10 is because if this team didn't have any talent or was less talented in general then we'd probably have them at a 10. But it is a team and a roster with, you know, all pro, pro bowl caliber players at various positions. So they're not totally out of the wood. They're not, you know, they're not totally buried yet, in my opinion. That's why we had our date. All right, we agreed in the last two, and there you have it. That's our first trouble meter. Maybe we'll revisit this maybe around mid-season or something like that, see how um, the next month or so shapes up. It's time for lock of the week. Are we all ready? Yep. Uh, Let me allow me to recap our standings. Like I said at the top of the show, we all went one and one. So no random news. Oh, go ahead, please share. It is actually something I wanted to highlight when we're talking about the Bills. They are signing veteran cornerback Xavier Rhodes. Mm. Roads closed, baby. Anyway, continue um, with Lock of the Week right. standing. So, I'm still in first at four and two. I picked the Commanders plus six and a half, which did not hit, and the Lions plus five and a half, which did hit. Should have had money line, but they did blow it at the end there. I think they were up 10 in the fourth quarter. Um, Shref had the Eagles minus six and a half to counter my pick of the commanders that hit. However, surprising to him, uh, the 49ers minus one and a half did not hit. He thought he had plus one and a half, but that's not what the line was. We reviewed the tape and it was for the best. I didn't deserve a win. The the Niners didn't, the Niners didn't deserve to cover that for me. It it shouldn't have happened. Exactly. You wouldn't have felt good about that one. Even if it, if you did get it, uh, and Jack, Ravens minus three. That was a strong play that did hit. And the Chiefs, that was a big miss. He had them minus six and a half and they lost outright to the Colts. So I'm at four and two. Shref's at two and four. Jack's at one and five. 
and like I said, we'll be picking an over under in this game as well. So I am going to, I want to pick first and Shref's in second. So Shref, you can pick either one. Shref, do you want to go second or third as the person who's in second place? You get to decide between the two. I'm going to go second, but I wanted first because there was one that I really want. So I'm hoping we don't have the same one. All right. So Jack, will be going third. Um, so I'm going to start off by saying my lock of the week. This is the one I really liked. The second one and my total, I'm not as confident in, but this one I am uh, gung-ho about, if you will. I have the Cardinals plus two. I like that one a lot. Plus one Is that half. your plus one and a half? I'll take it at one and a half. Um, I don't think they should be underdogs in this game. I know. So it's, it, they're going against Carolina. And they're one and a half point underdogs. Uh, I don't think either of these teams, two teams, despite you know the the Panthers playing pretty well last week, I don't think either of these teams are very good football teams. Uh, they're both one and two overall and one and two against the spread. However, I'm just gonna you know ride with the team with the much better quarterback in my opinion, um, Kyler over Baker. Since 2019, and that's the year that Kyler you know, has been in the league. So the past three years and the beginning of this season as an underdog, Arizona has the fifth best cover rate at 65.5 and they're 19, 10 and two. Um, and this fits under the zigzag system that we mentioned last week, uh, where the Cardinals did not cover the Panthers did cover. And we have the, um, Cardinals here at, as a dog, I like the money line, and I don't think they should be underdogs here. It, this line just didn't make any sense to me. I, every week, just to kind of get a bearing on where I'm at with these games, I don't look at the lines. I say what I think they should be, and then I compare them what they actually are. And if I have a big discrepancy, that's a game I do more research into. So this was this immediately caught me. Although I you know, I think that was. It was either last year or two years ago. A lot's changed since then. It didn't. This one didn't really make sense to me. So I'm going Cardinals. I agree with you. I said that stat in my stat rant last week that I believe the uh, Cardinals they're on like a seven for the seventh time in a row after the Raiders game. For the seventh time in a row, they uh, they're a road dog. They won. Which is the longest streak since like the 1980 Seahawks. So that's history and numbers points of the Cardinals winning that game outright. So, yeah. Good pick. Yeah. My next? I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm next. Yeah. Yeah. is next. Yeah. Um, yeah. Similar to you, this is, this is one that jumped out to me where like if I was predicting a score. Based on this line, it, it feels like I have to take it. Um, I'm going to take Browns minus one and a half against the Falcons as my first lock of the week. Um, Browns offense uh, looks pretty good, even with Jacoby Brissett. Um, I mean, we knew Chubb and Hunt were going to kind of do their thing, but I've been very pleasantly surprised with the passing game. Um, Ari Cooper's kind of picking up where he left off. David Njoku finally, uh, finally got to see like what that looks like with him getting the ball. I'm sure if anyone faced him in fantasy, Jack shaking his head, it sounds like he might have been one of those. 
Um, that's just, a tough scene. Just watch the Steelers <laughs> just give up what like oh, well, thirteen yeah. catches for hundred fifty yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Against them. And I, I've been waiting for that game pretty much since he got drafted. So I'm glad they finally decided to do that. Um, yeah, and then obviously go. I mean, they're going against the Falcons. Uh, they're giving up, I believe, like twenty seven points a game. Two of those games were against the Seahawks and the Saints. Um, so I. Miles Garrett might not play. Obviously, I uh, hope he gets better from that from that car accident. Um, but even with him potentially out, uh, Browns are just a better team, uh, and I I don't see how they're gonna how the Falcons are gonna be able to stop this offense for four quarters, especially if they get the run game going early. Um, so the fact that they have this pretty much at a pick 'em with minus one and a half, uh, I think the Browns cover that pretty pretty easily. So Browns minus one and a half. I think that's a strong one. I like that one too. Jack, your first selection. Um, I'm going to go with... I love betting on Kirk Cousins. Give me the Vikings minus you two took my and other a half. One. You took my other one. The Vikings minus two and a half playing across the pond against the New Orleans Saints. Didn't look great on Sunday. Played the Panthers. Jameis is banged up. Uh, I think his back injury is inhibiting him. Um, Vikings beat, I think, a solid Lions team. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm only three weeks in, but the Vikings look good, excluding the... uh, the Eagles game, and that's prime time Kirk Cousins, so that gets a pass in terms of the team as a whole. And this is like the opposite of prime time Kirk Cousins. We're in morning Kirk Cousins. I feel like Kirk Cousins operates best at like as early as possible. So nine thirty a.m. Yeah, that's just Kirk Cousins ran all over it. Just no, I mean, less people will be watching. It's like a it's a standalone game, but not many will be watching in turn in as opposed to like a prime time game. So I think that's good for Kirk Cousins. Um, yeah, I just think that it's their favorite by two and a half, so I think they'll win by field goal. Give me them. All right, sounds like he poached Streff's pick there. Um, yeah. but you have a chance to poach another one of his because you're up again, Jack. Oh boy. couple ones I like. Shreff, do you want me to go with my total or my or my spread? It's true. I kind of forgot you could mix in your your total if you wanted to. Hey man, that's up to you. I have I have two I have two games that I'm I have two lines that I see that I still like. I got one line I like. I'm gonna go with that. Going with the team the Vikings beat on Sunday, the Lions. Team Mitchell loves to bet on. I mean he's talked about their cover rate over the past since Campbell's got there as head coach. Um, and they lost on Sunday, but they covered, right? It was five and a half point underdogs. They lost by four, I believe. Uh, they got the Seahawks at home this week. They're favored. The Lions are favored by four and a half. Seahawks look bad. Going into last week, they were, the Seahawks were the only defense that hadn't forced a three and out yet through weeks one and two, which I thought was an impressively bad stat. I looked back on the play summary for the Falcons game. They did force a three and out, so that streak is over. Nonetheless, 
Seahawks defense, bad. Lions, good. Lions win by five. Yeah, it went in doubt and just picked the Lions. Um, just blind. Yeah, and they're playing them, mad. So. Like, they're playing mad. They feel like they could have had that game. So I think they'll definitely take care of business at home against Seattle. Potentially no DeAndre Swift, though. And also Amon Ross right. St. Brown is, is, has dealing with an ankle injury, too. So that um, that could be something to monitor. But like I said, it's it's never, ever a bad idea to bet the Lions. Um, Shref, you were up here. I was debating between two. Jack, that was not one of them. So I'm still debating between two. I, I'm going to go with what I think is my more logical selection. I'm going to take the Cowboys minus three and a half against Washington as my second lock of the week. Um, Cooper Rush uh, seems to be serviceable, maybe even more than serviceable at the moment. Um, so the offense... Seems like they maybe figured a little something out. The running game kind of took over for them. Tony Pollard had a big run. Um, but offense was exciting, but, I mean, it's really the defense. The defense looks insane. Micah Parsons might, I mean, might make an argument as, like, best defensive player in the league after only two years, um, which is kind of insane to think about. Um, so, yeah, for me, I mean, I, I got to watch Washington up close and personal this past week. Carson Wentz, as soon as people got in his face, it was game over. So I don't know how he's going to react to Micah Parsons coming after him all night and Demarcus Lawrence. Um, so home game in Dallas, uh, I think Parsons in the D line is going to be given Wentz fits the entire game. I think Cooper Rush is just going to kind of be calm and steady what he's been doing, just you know, making his way down the field. I think they're going to. I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game, but I do think Dallas wins this game by by more than a field goal. So Cowboys minus three and a half is my second lock. All right, there you have it. Um, my second lock is going to be the Chiefs. Min- uh, I have minus two. What are they on FanDuel? I think one and a half. One and a half. Yeah. All right, there we go. Chiefs minus one and a half. Um, reasons why I like this. Sorry, I lost my notes for a second. Since 2013, which is the year Andy Reid became Kansas City's head coach, Kansas City has the second best cover rate as a road favorite um, at 29 and 20. They also have the second best cover rate as an away team in general. Um, Also, I hate to say this because it's going to affect people's homes and and whatnot and potentially their lives, but the hurricane coming to Tampa Bay is going to throw off the whole week for Tampa. Um, could disrupt their flow. And, you know, I feel like that, unfortunately, because it's a natural disaster, has to happen, um, plays in the favor of the Chiefs there. I think that, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I think they, there's a chance it might not even be able to be played in Tampa, um, depending on the storm and whatnot, which I think is projected to come to Tampa Thursday morning. Um, so I think that could play a factor as well. I feel bad for bringing that up. If I do bet this, I will bet my profit. I will donate my profit to hurricane relief, man. Cause I feel bad using that as a talking point here. I mean, I don't think you should feel bad. Like it's just fact like the, the bucks have had a wacky week. Like it's just, it's, tough I feel to bad. It's going win. to charity. What if All your right. bet doesn't hit? 
I don't even know. I don't even know if, if I will your bet doesn't hit. Are you gonna Are you gonna ask the Hurricane Relief Fund to to fund your? Yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> your they might have to donate to you. They might have to donate to you. Then I think is how that works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um. No. I, I, if I do, I don't know. So. But I. I don't know. I like the Chiefs here. In general, they look like a better team. We talked. I, I, they're such a boring team to watch on offense. It's just not fun. So, I think the Chiefs should win this game. So I'm, and if so, am I? Oh, I'm up again. What am I doing? Hmm. Trev, do you take Dallas? Is that what your second pick was? Dallas. Yeah. Can you guys hear, hear me? Mitchell, you're up. I know. Can you hear me? Yeah. You can? Yeah. Yep. Okay, perfect. Sorry. Um, so my second pick here is going to be the under. Sharf and I were talking beforehand how we like the unders. You know, have find more success than that. Uh, I ha- it's going to be in the Miami Bengals game. And what number do you guys have? I think I had 47. Yep, 47. 47, okay, perfect. So I'm going to under 47 in the Miami and uh, Cincinnati game. It's on Thursday night in Cincinnati. Uh, Primetime under this year. They're 8-2, I believe. The three first weeks in Cincinnati. In the ten prime Mitchell, you're still breaking up again. Games <laughs> uh, Miami games have gone under very well for the most part. And two things. Sorry, do you guys are- you're very broken up, but we got the gist. Pranta under hit at eight and two this so far this season. Two is banged up. Um, yeah. Should we just kick him out and move on? I don't know, man, I guess. Trev, <laughs> you just go. All right. Uh, I'm going to uh, – I'm doing an under as well. Um, trust myself more on unders. I feel like I've – oh, he's just staring at me now. Um, That's all right. And uh, <laughs> Oh, there he goes. Uh, I, I trust myself on unders more. I trust my eye more when it comes to seeing what, what games I think are going to be a little stinky. Um, so this, this kind of worked out perfectly because we, we kind of discussed both of these teams – and how bad their offenses have looked. Um, I'm going to take the Broncos Raiders under uh, 45 and a half, I believe is what I had it at. Um, Broncos defense, as bad as their offense looks, their defense has matched it with being uh, good, very good. Um, I think in terms of cornerback wide receiver matchups, Pat Sertain against Devontae Adams should be a fun one to watch. Um, And I think Sertain will give him a pretty good matchup throughout the entire game. Um, and as I said, I was talking about the Raiders' red zone offense. Broncos' red zone offense has been just as bad, if not worse. Um, so, I mean, if we're talking about game script, I feel like there's a good chance that we'll see a decent amount of maybe some some long drives that result in in only field goals. So, um, yeah, I feel good about an under in this game. I feel like you, I feel like we could be looking at like a like a like a twenty well, like a twenty one seventeen type of game, something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna take the under. 
Uh, I'm gonna go against you guys, and sorry, gonna... can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys. Okay, I'm gonna go with the charge. The Chargers and Texans over. Just looking at that, I like that. Over forty-four and a half, right? Yep. Um, I think the Chargers will bounce back a little bit against a bad Texans defense. They got Keenan Allen probably back. He's practiced this week. Herbert's probably going to get a little healthier. Um, I know they're down for Sean Slater, but Texans pass rush doesn't really scare me. Um, on the Chargers defensive side of the ball, I I don't know Bosa's status. His injury didn't look great, so he's maybe not going to play or play banged up. Um they're just got a lot of injuries to deal with right now on defensive side of the ball that hopefully the Texans capitalize on a little bit. Texans what put up twenty points in week one, nine points in week two to the Broncos defense, okay, in Denver. And then twenty points against the Bears defense. So maybe they can put up like seventeen and the Chargers bounce back, put up like thirty one, thirty one seventeen. So yeah, over there. Mitchell MIA. Mitchell's MIA. Be an outro for you, Jack. We'll just uh <laughs> we'll close it out then. Uh I yeah, that was week three. On to week four. Very excited. Um for all to come, everything we highlighted. Hopefully, our, we're somewhat accurate on our concern levels for those four teams we highlighted. Feel good uh, about it. I think we did good. Very intrigued to watch this. Uh, oh, you know what? The Eagles-Jags is 1 o'clock, isn't it? I'm going to miss it. It's the Steelers game if I'm there. Yeah. I'll see the highlights and read about it, and that'll be a good game. Um, yeah. His normal spiel is thanks for listening. Subscribe on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. The whole shebang. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you next time. Close it out, Trev. Thoughts, prayers, Matt stairs, and county fairs. (laughs) 